Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Business Talk Library. And today we have a great guest on from Vicinity Capital. And what I love about what they're doing is finding a way to rewrite how capital distribution and how you know equity is flowing to local businesses. So I wanted to bring on the two founders of this awesome company and let them tell their story to talk a little bit about you know the awesome projects that they have going on in the Carolinas. So welcome to the show, John and Josh. How are you guys doing? Doing great, Terrell. Nice to be here. Thanks for having us. Yes. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's start off with, you know, what were your backgrounds and kind of how did you guys get into, you know, th this type of business? John and I have um, ha have actually worked together, known each other for over a decade now. And um, so have uh, have learned a little bit about how we work and and um, and the different, I think, different perspectives we bring to business. So I, I like to describe John as as sort of the trailblazing entrepreneur. He, he's, he's the guy that just kind of rolls up his sleeves, jumps in and um, helps drive things forward. Um, my experience set is, is uh, largely focused in, in technology and finance. So, um, so we work together at a, uh, one business in the education space for most of our, our time together. Um, John owned that with a business partner. I served as the CFO and so my focus has always been how, how can I apply um, strong technical acumen to driving um, technology and finance as, um, as support systems for, for business. So it rolls really nicely into to what we're doing with vicinity um, and, uh, and was really the foundation for John and I deciding to jump into this together. No, I guess when it came down to, you know, just entrepreneurship and just what you guys do, I mean, has that been something that's just been a a fabric of each of your individual lives or I guess how'd you guys kind of go down that route versus just going the typical corporate route that a lot of people go it's a little different think, uh, for the two of us so let, I'll let John um, talk about his he might he might uh he's done a variety of different things where, where mine's a little bit more um <laughs> this is different I think yeah it's real I think uh mine is just I'm probably a bad employee and I, I kind of <laughs> Um, I can stick with something I can focus, but at the same time, there's lots of questions and, um, I, I think I'm just independent. So it ends up making it difficult to just take a normal path. I did, um, I did, uh, graduate, uh, college. I, I got a job. I think, I think there wasn't all, there was my, my father went to college out outside of that. There wasn't a lot of university education in my, I think, extended family. So I was like, okay, well, this is just what you're supposed to do did that, figured it out, went, got a job. And I, I think I just became restless at that point in time and had tried and failed at a number of things during that process. So um, I, I think there's a restlessness probably, but also uh, an inquisitiveness that is, is that how do things work and, and why, why do things work the way they do and how could they work better? And you, next thing you know, you're tripping up on some aspect of the market that you think, well, gosh, there's a gap there and you and you go after it at the same time um you know like josh mentioned that was with one business for a, a number of years so there's also um uh you know i i personally find joy in also growing something over time and and you that takes time to do it to do it right um you have to stick with something for a while so i can appreciate both those worlds gotcha gotcha yeah for me um i'm i'm uh just a little younger than John, but most most of my experience was at that one organization 
that uh, that we were at together, which um, which for me was really fun because there was always always new things to learn. It was it was effectively one company, but felt like three businesses over the course of about ten years, just with iterating forward and figuring out how to grow. So over that whole time, it grew from single state entity to about thirty eight states across the country. The products and services that we were offering changed. My education in business and in um, in in how to deploy finance and technology solutions grew. Um, we entered merger and acquisition world. So for me, it was always learning and always growing. And uh, and so I was I was pretty happy um, doing that for a long time until got to a place where it was it was larger. It was it was just a different type of organization. And I think um, uh, ultimately taking that and applying it to something that you can build and grow and continue that learning process to, which is what vicinity represents was um, was really my first jump from uh, from taking that experience and then doing something from basically ground up. No, one of the things I'm curious about, because a lot of entrepreneurs kind of have a challenge with really figuring out what's their niche, because, you know, when it comes down to, you know, starting a business, you know, there's always so many different directions that you can take it. But when I was reading up on, you know, the, the profile that you guys put on LinkedIn about, you know, you know, connecting, you know, local capital with local businesses, what was it about that that really sparked the interest for you guys to focus on that? I think, Terrell, part of it, you know, you can discover a niche, a niche at the margin when you're in a business and sort of understand a tweak and you go after and expand that niche. Or you can come from a completely different direction and you trip on a market that you realize is already there, but you're, you're, you're angled differently just on the basis of how you, you entered it. And so I think some of that's the story with with vicinity. Um, I had exited a biz, the business Josh was referring to. Um, I was actually in Birmingham, Alabama, and I was uh, was going to press pause. I've got a family, and um, I was serving with a local nonprofit there that I had a heart for, and ended up had to scratch the business itch. We started a business in Nashville, and uh, we we, um, we grew that business. It was it was successful, and we actually created a, a franchise play. Um, out of that, we, we simultaneously did the proof of concept and, and, uh, and did all the work we needed to do uh, for the franchisor. But it was, it was in that process um, of a sale of one of those franchises that we realized what it takes, you know, in, in that case, it was a pretty big price tag to jump in to a franchise. And so you have to go, you know, that, that business owner, entrepreneur has to go and, you know, pull the capital together around them. And there's a traditional process um, to, to going and doing that. And, and that, that, that scenario I'm referring to ended up very good, but um, if it was sitting back and looking at that and saying, gosh, here's this individual that is um, younger, if you will, but still has good business experience, has a track record of their own. And they, um, they wanted to jump into business. Well, they had to pull the, the financial backing around them through this traditional process. Yet, in this case, um, all the money that they needed was actually already around them in their, you know, their networks or those that uh, knew of, you know, the, the local businesses and would have, you know, been excited about this business coming to town. So all of a sudden it was, you know, it was like, wow, just just sitting there latent is this capital, but it's blocked out. And it couldn't get in. So if this same person were to jump into business, tap into that local capital, one, it would it would it would be there. Two, I think it'd be there at a lower price. And three, um, 
those that let's say a couple of hundred people invested in that business to get it off the ground locally, that couple of hundred people represents networks within the same region where they're actually serving customers. So they're going to bring themselves and their networks to bring them to bear on the business. So the the acceleration and the productivity of that business in the in the you know the beginning of of, of that startup would have been that much more enhanced. So you, like, if you could get capital at a lower price, um, have trust relationships you know built into it, and get brand ambassadors at the end of that story that actually provide an upward pressure on your revenue, it's like wow, why isn't that? It seems like something so natural. So. This, along with a number of other things, um, Josh and I simultaneously were, were looking at different dynamics going on with the democratization of finance, some of what I just explained, but also this new localism. So you see the renaissance of downtowns, uh, whereas, you know, shop local, eat local used to be kind of a niche, crunchy granola type uh, feel to that world. It's now mainstream. People care about where they live. They want to support that. They want to keep more money circulating there. And so Josh and I, you know, really uh, we're, we're digging into that and saying, wow, there, there's an outlier here. Everything's going local. Um, not that we, we live in a global world and we're thankful for it, but there's, again, there's just a sentiment and a lot of resources coming back to uh, supporting local, but also retaining talent um, and investing uh, more uh, where, where one lives. But the outlier there was the unaccredited investor base. So if you take just the upstate in South Carolina where Josh and I live, there's $60 billion right now that sits in retirement plans, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and um, almost all of that leaves the state. It's, it cascades through algorithms and you know people get their returns. And of course they, they might spend part of that uh, locally, but nonetheless, all of that, what I call, excuse me, grassroots or unaccredited finance is aimed outside of, of where they live. And so we looked at that and said, well, gosh, why is that? Well, if you look into it, um, you know, it's, it's really, a, um, it's, it's, it's the law. It's since 1934, that's with the SEC, that was, um, it's, uh, it hasn't changed since then until about 2016. So all that to say, I'm answering your question, you know, we were looking at this from a couple of angles, not even knowing that there was this uh, funding portal world out there that was primarily focused on startups um, and in Silicon Valley type um, cultures, business cultures. Um, we tripped up on that and our angle because we came in from a totally different direction was, wow, it seems really intuitive to somehow remove barriers and help facilitate capital between uh, local businesses that need growth capital and the people that would love to invest in them that live in that same vicinity. Um, so that's how we kind of tripped up on it. And that so that niche came from just exploring questions as to what could be, why things weren't a certain way. And then, boom, all of a sudden we're in this space where you know, the space had, you know, I guess by the time we jumped into it, it was a couple of years old. Um, two and a half years old. So if we were doing the same thing, we would be late. Uh, we're not. Um, so that's where we we started to carve out our our niche. Wow. And I think that makes a, a lot of sense. I mean, even when you think about it from a, a practical standpoint of, you know, when people locally, they're, you know, when they're able to invest in the businesses locally, like you said, they're going to become brand ambassadors for what they invest in because, 
I can't count the number of people that I know that bought Apple stock and they constantly talk about Apple and encourage people to buy. And part of it's because they own the stock and they've experienced. And I like, you know, why can't that happen with local businesses? So I, I think that's amazing right. what you guys are doing. Yeah, I was saying, and it had been happening, you know, since those laws, you know, were implemented uh, with the Securities and Exchange Act, they had been happening with the higher net worth individuals, the accredited investors. Um, had always had the ability to invest in businesses and other, you know, types of ventures locally. And they did. Why would you do that? Well, because there's a trust base and proximity matters as it has to do with, you know, how well I know an area, people, et cetera. And so I'm just differentiating the fact that it was the 95% the people that were unaccredited. They didn't have the net worth or income that were, you know, locked out of that. So as of just a few years ago now, that's all changed. So now speaking of that, so if, if someone is interested, they say, hey, there are some local businesses that I'd like to invest in, you know, how do they, how would that work for them? The way that, that our, our platform works is, is our whole job is to, you, you mentioned it, uh, Terrell, just to connect local investors with local businesses. So, so our job is to be that trusted community um, investment intermediary. And the easiest way to know about, uh, about deals as they're going live, to be able to understand um, what you're investing in, how to even discern it, is uh, we, we try to create a lot of content around investor education. Um, we have materials on our site that do that. But just subscribing to, to Vicinity um, allows you to see when a deal goes live. You can go to the site. You get to learn a lot about it on their actual offering page. That's where all the information is that tells you the story of the business. Usually there'll be a video. You'll get to know the team um, and then you get to there's parts of those terms that you have questions about. You can ask the owner directly on the page. Uh, you can dig through our content to, to better understand those. And so it gives a community of people where, where you can go and you can see, um, start to discern what might you be interested in investing in and in supporting. And then what can you learn from whether it's, it's resources that we have or directly from, from the business. And can you repeat the website again where people can find it? Yeah, if you just go to vicinitycapital.com, that's, that's the, um, the easiest place to, to go and sign up. Um, of course, you can, you can email either of us. Um, I'm Josh at vicinitycapital.com. He's John at vicinitycapital.com. And, um, and we're on, uh, I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit and, and like interacting with, with people there as well. So I'll always like to talk to somebody who's either interested in investing or understanding more about how their, their business could raise capital this way. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's what we're here for. Gotcha. No, I guess with everything that's going on with COVID, have you seen more local businesses reach out to you guys to find out how they can get access to more capital or I guess have, have our local businesses still coming, you know, aware of what vicinity capital is doing? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting time. Um, I, I think there's, there's many businesses we're talking to that have uncertainty, right? Uh, trying to figure out exactly what they're, what they should do next. Um, do they want to be able, uh, do they want to take capital and do they have a good plan for how they would, how they would use capital? There is an education piece here. Um, John mentioned this is a this is a new industry. Uh, this has largely not existed um, uh, until 2016, and even then, most people didn't know um, it, it was it was around. So it's only gaining traction in the last couple of years. So there's an education piece there that um, that I think people are trying to figure out. Okay, if I don't fit in the very specific traditional boxes that are out there, like 
a bank, which that, that box is only getting smaller in a lot of ways. It's, it's a very valuable resource of capital whenever you fit the box. When you don't, we're looking for growth. If you don't have collateral, it, it's really hard then to look and say, okay, well, what, what then? Um, and that's where we're trying to figure out, you know, how, we need to get in front of as many people as we can when they're asking that what then and see this can be a great opportunity in, in those situations. Um, and if not, you know, our, our job is, is spent primarily figuring out what are the right structures and how can we point businesses in the right direction, hopefully with us when it makes sense, but when it doesn't, still, we want that business to succeed. So how can we point them in a direction to, you know, to find some of those resources? I think COVID has driven a lot of that, certainly the, the focus on local, much higher. You realize how important your community is, the people around you, building resilience locally, all of that really matters in a tangible way. It's not just this feel-good thing. That, that actually is creating the place that you live and, and creating a strength around, um, around your community. That has driven people to say, yes, how can I get involved if this can be win-win? Um, this isn't donations. This is a way to actually support my community that can be beneficial to both parties. Um, that is, is driving, I think, some, um, some just increased desire to see this be a solution. And, uh, and so hopefully that, that can, can continue and we can serve that well. Awesome. I absolutely love it. And, you know, before we wrap up the interview, one of the questions that I like to ask every guest that comes on, I mean, when you think about your experience and you think about, you know, where you've been and what's going on now and the goals that you guys have for vicinity capital, you know, what's one lesson that you've learned that you would share with other business owners? I'll go first. <laughs> so mine, my, my I, I would, uh, throughout just the importance of, of surrounding yourself with, um, with good people and not going it alone, um, whatever that looks like. That doesn't mean that a, a solopreneur can't work or somebody who, who is starting a business has their own idea, but um, how that looks structurally can, can vary greatly, but having people around you that are in your corner, that are, that are people who can not just cheer you on without, um, without substance, but be able to help refine um, your thinking, yes, support you when that's needed um, and, and, and work alongside you. For, for us, that's a an actual business partnership with John, but it's also advisors. It can be a board. Um, it, can be, uh, it, it can be those that are, that are in your network. That is just absolutely critical to, to how you um, to just have the endurance and a lot of the refinement that's needed to, to go through um, a lot of the challenges of building a business. Terrell, I guess what I would say is just um, it's an extension of what 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 Josh mentions, which, you know, building a team around you increases the the chance of success of your venture. But if for some reason it's not successful, you know, that team also helps grow you personally. Uh, and, you know, your person is standing there, even if the business is not, you know, in a few years. And so um, but going along with that, I think it was uh, Warren Buffett that said risk comes from uh, not knowing what you're doing. And I think inherent in an early stage venture is a lot of times, you know, you're taking new steps into new territories. And so, you know, mitigating that, that risk is, is really important. And so I think part of that, in addition to building a team around you is, is making sure that, you know, that 90% of your energies, um, every day you wake up, they're focused on building trust and delivering value to a very specific target customer profile. And um, if you do that all while watching costs, then you, you've got a much better chance of, of, you know, living to fight another day. So I think those, those are a couple of tips kind of relating to the same, 
um, aspect, but I think are important to um, to any entrepreneur that's that's looking, or or maybe not even entrepreneur, but anybody that's guiding business um, in a very active market today. Awesome. Well, thank you both for coming on the show. I mean, I, I love the advice. I love what you guys are doing with you know really focusing in on, like I said, the local businesses and even approaching it from a different way of allowing the unaccredited investors to be to get involved with investing in their community for the win-wins that are out there. So John and Josh, thank you guys so much for coming on. And before we wrap up, can you guys repeat the website one more time for the audience? Yeah, yeah. well, Terrell, thank you for having us on. And uh, our website is vicinitycapital.com. And um, you can find most of what you need there or look us up on, on LinkedIn. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Finance and Accounting Show. If you like what you heard, don't be selfish. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and then share this with a friend because you know a business owner that could definitely use this insight. So be sure to hit that subscribe button, share it with a friend, and turn on the notification bell so you get all the updates when we release a new episode.